When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Can I use? Can Gable use the restroom? Uh, can we? Can we? Wow! Can we all? Can we all use the restroom? Mm. Actually, I think no, we should all, as characters, just depict. Liz is allowed to use the restroom right now. Uh, no, okay, yeah. Let's let's take a quick break. Okay. Travis only poops when he's a snake. <laughs> bye, 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 bye. I just want that. I want that little clip to be a pre-show. <laughs> Travis always poops with his snake. All right, Tyler, where does Adrian take Jonathan? Uh, I would think that it's probably either either like some kind of makeshift medical establishment here. There isn't like an actual church building. It's they just repurpose the cave, right? Yeah, this congregation just repurposed the cave. So then either an actual like a makeshift medical establishment or her place, I guess. All right, I'm going to say we go to Adrian's place. And I am also going to say that Adrian lives incredibly modestly. It's one of the lessons that the church tries to emphasize to its congregation. I think one of the lessons that the slain church tries to emphasize to its followers is to not take up space. That majesty is reserved for the divine. Mm. I think she boards in a small room in the home of one of the more devout members of this congregation, an older woman who would otherwise be living alone. So you awaken in a small room decorated by a kind and well-meaning religious zealot. So what I'd like to ask from each of you is one detail about this room. And something I'd like everyone to keep in mind is that what we'll be establishing right now is sort of folk practice for worship of the slain god. This is removed from the rigorous image curation that the Church of the Slain God does for itself. This is how real people worship. Like, I know in the Catholic households that I grew up in, you would definitely find a crucifix on the walls, maybe pictures of saints, dried and folded palms left over from previous Palm Sunday worships that really never got attended to. So what do we see? Is This might be for the person themselves, uh when we see them, but mm-hmm. do we have a bit already where we have someone who's like re- t- really diehard attached to the church and they have teardrops underneath their eyes? Oh no, but I like that. You mean like a tattoo? Ah. Yeah. I was, I was thinking like either a tattoo or it's like they've, if they have like a picture of someone and they've drawn 
the teardrop underneath their eyes. I don't know. Yeah, that rules. Let's enter it into the canon now. So I think there definitely are some people that get tattoos, but other people probably draw it on using cosmetics or something like that. Yeah. God, Tyler, that's such a cool touch. Johnny, what about you? Um, No, I don't think I'll get a teardrop tattoo. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Do I think they have... You know the candles that have like Virgin Mary or mm-hmm. saints on them? I think there's that, but for the church. Yeah, that could be neat. Uh, let's try to think of an equivalent. For the Church of the Slain God, what might be an adjacent idea to a Santeria candle? Mm, I don't really have candles. Probably have like oil. Oil. Things, can- oil you don't think they have can- candles? I mean, it could be a candle-related thing, but but... My hesitation with doing something that's like a Santeria candle is that's a real cultural practice on our world. And I like the idea of taking inspiration from it. Uh, but, you know, for our fake church that is pretty scene-chewingly villainous. <laughs> <laughs> I think the danger for appropriation and negative portrayal is extremely present in that situation. Fair. What I think we can do is look to Santeria candles and find something that approaches a similar panache. Hey, James, real quick. I appreciate your thoughtfulness in building all of this. Keep going. Sorry. <laughs> well, well, oh, we mentioned uh, uh, incense earlier, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. What if it's like an incense burner? Just a, Ooh, a, a but person. in the shape of something. Also, real quick, Johnny, that is me saying that to James doesn't mean that I thought that was a bad idea. I was just like, oh, that's something I didn't oh, think no, about. Oh, no, for sure. And like, I appreciate that. Totally. Gary, keep going. <laughs> okay, I, I'll uh, remove your name from my list. <laughs> oh, man. That was a close one. I felt, I felt the quill moving. <laughs> Johnny O'Mara's bad boy list. <laughs> Well, no, 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 no. That's a different list. (laughs) Johnny O'Mara's bad boy list is where all of the the good boys go. Yeah. Well, it's one spelled with an I, one spelled with Y. Good good boys and bad boys. Uh, Sorry. Incense burner? (laughs) Yeah. What if it's like a torso with no head? Like and the like, like the cover of In Utero. Yeah. No, not that one. Huh? Well, kind of. Now, what if? What if it's a rib cage? Ooh. Because we got a lot of spooky skull imagery going on, but rib cages are also extremely spooky. Yeah, they're like they pianos. are. Yeah. So there is some incense burning in an iron incense holder that is shaped like a rib cage. Ugh. It's not the expensive stuff that Gable is choking down over on Il Sanguidio. Not the good stuff. Yeah, definitely not the good stuff, but I also don't think it smells oppressive or anything. Like, Gable is in a place where they have really, really good incense that is being burned way too much. Jonnet is somewhere where they have not so great incense that is being burned just the right amount. And that honestly makes it feel homey. Liz, what about you? There's probably one token that's very personal and not church affiliated that's very like oh this is just my little quiet comfort um maybe like a small comfortable chair 
Yeah, I think it's probably a brightly painted and decorated chair. Nordia is known for its pigments and dyes and paints. We've already seen that in the banners throughout the celebration. There are just colors everywhere. And most of this room is plain, except for this chair, which has clearly been painted with love. A very careful attention has been paid to it. And and finally, I'll add, there's a big mouth bass on the wall uh, that has a human soul trapped inside it. Okay. It sings a song Great. every time you pass in front of it. So that, uh-huh. that's canon for Skyjacks. Now. Hey, James, is everything okay? <laughs> can, it, can it specifically be the one from the McDonald's filet of fish commercial? <laughs> yes. Give me that fish. I think once James came up against that Italian man who defeated him, he's just kind of unspooled for the rest of the episode. We're all in the after phase of the incident. <laughs> just like, I don't fucking know. Uh, toys, uh, you go to uh, your pirates. Uh, big, ma- big fish. Big male fish. Big, big male fish. <laughs> McDonald's commercial. So you're in this room. And I think there is an air of quiet calm here. Except, of course, for one place. Because sitting in this chair that has been so lovingly painted, pulled up next to the bed, is Adrian. And she is holding in her hand whatever equivalent of rosary beads we eventually come up with. I really like the idea that there's a kind of physical meditative keepsake that people use to pray, but I think I like it so much that I don't know what I want it to look like yet. I have an idea. Ooh, please. Give it. What if there are, like, um, maybe to go along with the incense, there's sort of special matchbooks, and basically you would, like, light a match and say, like, whatever prayer takes the amount of time that it takes for the match to burn down. Very good. Oh, Excellent. Yes. I love that. Oh. The idea of prayer matches and, and kind of penance matches because you definitely have to burn yourself while you use these. I, I also like the idea that, that because this is a world full of folk magic, these might actually be how Adrian is kind of trying to heal Jonnet. You know what? Jonnet, the wounds that you took have been healed. Strain too? Yeah. I, I think strain technically heals when you change scenes. Okay, gotcha. I mean, to know that, I'd probably have to look up the rules and read the rules. And we're way too far past that. I think Gable is still technically in the same scene. So when we go back to them, they'll still be down a point from the spell. So yeah, I, I think you're all healed up, especially because in the story, Adrian has spent all this time saying these pennant prayers over you to heal you. I honestly can't remember. How many wounds did you have? Was it like four? I had four, four, minus four to my wound. Yeah, then I think there are five spent matches on the bedside table next to you. Uh, I also think there was like kind of a needlepoint project that was being worked on that is now marred by soot because Adrian has been so focused and attentively saying these prayers over you. She really hasn't stopped to think about like where the matches are going because all she wants is for you to be okay. I think as your eyes clear, you can also see that her fingertips are a bit rosy and swollen with burn and black with soot. Hold for cat. Hold for cat. cat. She is. Hold for cat. Hold for cat. Holding for cat. Cat is clear. Cat is clear. So Jonnet kind of bleary eyed, kind of takes all this in 
And then he looks at Adrian, sees the sort of the pen smashes resting on the needlepoint. Is are you are you knitting an ashtray? No. What? Oh. Oh, I saw that the 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 matches were on the the thing. I thought, uh, um, how long have I been out? You've been out for a little bit over an hour. Where is everybody? Everyone's fine. She places a gentle hand on top of yours. Everyone's fine thanks to you. Um, you you went out to save that that man and and you put yourself at risk and I'm really sorry that that I made you do that, that I asked you to do that. But I also I'm really thankful that you did it. I'm just thankful I was able to serve. I would expect a task of no less importance from an angel. Say what now? Oh, you don't need to hide yourself from me. I saw you out there. I'm sorry if that was inappropriate, but I witnessed your power. You must be one of the remaining servants. I have been praying so long for some aid, and finally someone responds, no, and no, it's... No, it's, no, it's totally fine. No, 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 no. And, and at that, Jonnet is going to try and, like, stand up and collect himself. Uh, I assume he's probably not going to be able to do it, but... Yeah, your wounds are healed, but you're definitely still feeling a little woozy. But because you're fully healed, if you truly want to try and escape, you can. Okay. But she calls out suddenly, Oh, please, don't go. Uh, well, I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really about. I'm, I, I'm not an angel. I, I, I'm not an angel. Seriously, just a kid. Uh, I am sorry you needed to save us. I know you must be so busy, and you and yours must be feeling the loss so much heavier than than anyone who walks fear. But I can assure you that my congregation is going to be so grateful that you visited us. Look, I'm happy. That I was there when all of that happened to to make sure that no one got hurt. But look, you don't you don't have to make this a bigger deal than it, it was. All right, I'm just uh, we're just passing through. Okay, we don't have. It was total chance that we even came to Nordia. Look, look, I appreciate your desire for discretion, but you can't expect me to believe. I mean, you carry an eye upon your crown. He, like, smacks his head and realizes the bandana's gone. You can see it folded neatly on a table next to you. He makes a... He dives for it. Yeah, she's not going to move to stop you at all. <laughs> Grabs it. Puts it on. I... Look, I... This... You I, moved the earth. You parted the waters, and none but the sovereign shall command the waters, and so they will be wild. So it says in the Book of Sorrows. I don't—I was barely even thinking in the moment. Look, everything would happen so fast, and I, uh, I, yes, I can sometimes do a little magic, but this is, this is not an— this is not me being an angel. This is an accident. This is an accident that you can't tell anyone about, all right? You weren't even supposed to see it, and I, I wasn't even thinking when I was doing it. And Even if you are, as you say, not an angel, then you must be a prophet. I. This must be it. You have been chosen by those who remain. 
by those who still serve the empty throne. You have been blessed with gifts. Come to us in a time of great need. Is this is this a moment where like uh small t- we are like I'm trying to think is there a way to have the eye start to like kind of according to the changeling the eye start to like give Jonnet visions when he doesn't necessarily want them to? Yeah. Because um, yeah. you're saying like he's a prophet and he doesn't want to be a prophet, but would the changeling do stuff to make Adrian think further that he is a prophet? Yeah, here's what I like and here's what I think the changeling has you do. You have a really strong desire to be out of this situation. Mm-hmm. Like you're happy that you saved these people, but you definitely don't want to get caught up in whatever tangled mess this is going to turn into. Adrian definitely isn't going to listen to a magic little boy who insists he's not a prophet, but she might listen to a prophet. Ooh. Ugh. Okay. Yeah. Well, then, so is that the changeling acting on Jonnet, or is Jonnet just being like, let's just open the eye a little bit and just see what I need to see to get out of here? So I do think this is going to settle your debt with the changeling. Essentially, the changeling wants you to make this very impulsive decision to just get out of here by claiming to be a prophet. So if you open your eye and use it to see what you can see Mm -hmm. and then use that information to claim you're a prophet and leave, you will fulfill your debt to the changeling. But, you know, what you want to do with that action and how Jonnet feels about it is up to you. Okay. I mean, I'm down to keep playing that. That's an interesting seed. So within, when Jonnet scrambles and puts the bandana on, he, while she's going about the prophet stuff, he's just kind of getting more more f- f- uh, flustered, frustrated. And then he's finally just like, oh, I'm, I just want to get out of here. And so he kind of just like, peeks the eye open just a little bit to get an inkling of like how to get out. So you flick open your eye and see all of the different pathways and possibilities in front of you. And the easiest and simplest thing to do is just offer this woman a blessing. It doesn't need to be a real blessing, just some sort of ceremonial gesture. If you do that, she will believe whatever you tell her and do whatever you tell her. The alternative is deprogramming a lot of preconceived notions. Okay. So then I think she's going to keep going on about the prophet. He's going to try and say no. He's going to get flustered. And then it's like, you can't tell anyone. No, actually, no. He's like, no, no, no. My child. Oh, my God. I... I am a prophet that has been sent here to to bless you and only you because you are the caretaker of this town and I'm here to help you. That's why that's why I was at the at the cave today. I, I see things the way that they need to be. And so I'm here for you. And my message to you is don't hold service in that cave. <laughs> okay. Uh, she looks at you in amazement. Her eyes are wide and she nods at you and mutters under her breath, those who walk the path of sovereignty can perform signs and wonders. Signs in the path of so- signs, signs and signs and wonders, yes. <laughs> a little boy. You have my word. We will not return to the cave. Is there anything else I can do to aid you? Now, please, I... 
I don't want to use the uh, the word in, in vain, but uh, the ship that I'm here with, we are in need of some services that your town is uniquely equipped to sort of solve. Do you know anyone that would happen to uh, be able to help us remove the skamalic from the underside of our ship so that we can continue on with our pilgrimage? Of course, I will speak to my congregation at once. I'll rally as many as I can to help work on your ship so that you can return to the sky and go off and perform more good deeds in the name of the slain god. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. I won't delay you another moment. I've taken enough of your time, but thank you. Thank you for all you've done. Uh, yeah. Just doing, just doing the Lord's work. She stands up and places a hand on your cheek, giving you a gentle and radiant smile. You may not be an angel, but I know that when you die, you will be. She makes her way out to gather her things, and you know that it was probably meant to comfort you. (laughs) (laughs) She leaves, and Jonnet's eyes stay, like, big-eyed and frozen for, like, a half second too long. And he's like, I I gotta get out of here. Where am I? (laughs) And I think we'll cut on Jonnet stumbling to gather his things. Hey heroes, it's James, your Game Master, and welcome to the mid-roll. I want to remind everyone to please continue supporting Black Lives Matter. We are gaining ground with these protests and shifting the conversation in really positive ways. The violence used against protesters plainly displays why police abolition is necessary. And that is a big goal. To do that, we need to keep constant pressure. So if you haven't recently, take some time to follow the links in our show notes to contribute to a local bail fund or the Black Lives Matter organization directly, and call your representatives to voice your support for Black Lives Matter and police abolition. Before we get back to the show, I want to take a quick moment and thank some of our backers on Patreon. Ariel Young, thank you. Kaya Weidman, thank you. Rachel Page, thank you very much. Brian Lee, thank you. Taylor Daniels, thank you so much. Azim, thank you. Caitlin Isle, thank you. Emma Hyslop, thank you so much. C.G., thank you. Lewis Edwards, thank you very much. Carrie Newhouse, thank you so much. Ken Davidson, thank you. Geneva Langlin, thank you very much. And K-Dog, thank you so much. Thanks again to everyone who supports us on Patreon. Without you, this show would not be possible. But please focus most of your financial efforts to supporting Black Lives Matter. Now, with all that out of the way, let's get back in the sky.
And let's pick up with Travis. Hmm. So, Matico, are you ready for a third, or do you need to rest for the day? <laughs> She's so mean. No, let's get it over with. Well, then, it's your play. Tell me about another heartbreak. Have you ever known someone who you can't help but disappoint no matter what you do? She pauses for a moment and then very seriously faces you. Yes. You know, of all the people that I've lost, there are two that I don't miss. And they're my parents. As you say this, she solemnly pours out two more shots. I believe this heartbreak will suffice. Though you have more distance from it than anyone else I will ever meet who shares a similar pain. They're the ones who taught me how to keep my distance. Well, I suppose our parents are meant to teach us lessons. She says bitterly as she raises her glass. But I believe of all the burdens you carry, you deserve to be relieved of this one most of all. Uh, Travis does the same. Cheers. The liquid rolls from your glass into your mouth, and it begins to burn once more. But this one tastes bitter in a way the others did not. This is not a heartbreak that is brought about by losing something beautiful, and so there is no sweetness in this. It is a heartbreak caused by enduring cruelty that no one could ever deserve. But in this, your third and final heartbreak, you can feel the icy pain of that cruelty start to evaporate and disappear. All of the harsh words and pain that live only in hazy memory slowly and surely withdraw their tendrils from your mind, becoming something small that you can hold in your hand and look at from a distance, knowing that it is true, but it no longer owns any part of you. Margaret takes the haunting power of that suffering and slowly spins it into the magic that will heal you. The burning fades, and you feel lighter. You know, I hope that your abilities work extra well, because that was sort of a two-for-one. <laughs> Worst. <laughs> well, I'm not going to say you didn't get away with something, but I've decided to allow it. Besides, most of my clients don't spend their time dabbling over heartbreaks, especially when there is love to discover and promises to be made. So, unless you'd like to confess something very surprising to me right now, I suggest we go and find other people in your life so we can finish gathering our ingredients and I can prepare my work. Then, uh, let's go, shall we? She stands up and sort of gently helps you to your feet, interlocking her arm with yours. Travis, try to sound more confident. You're a very attractive liar. <laughs> and she leads the two of you out of the apothecary with her bag of gathered ingredients. So, we return to Gable. Gable, you have found a lot of information, and a lot of it is not good. There is some terrible secret on this ship, and one of the orphans from the crew, thankfully not one of the sickly ones, is currently scaling the side of the ship with the intent to kill. Okay, I'm absolutely going after Minnie first. 
All right. How are you going to do it? So who's uh, outside the cell? Is it just Wario? Wah! That's yes and Wario. Oh, Wario. Uh, so Gable stands up and yells at Wario. Wario, come here. What do you want? I found something in the brick. Uh, it's just so gross. Can Look look at what I got on my hand. Okay. <laughs> Gable holds their hand out. Uh, I'm like, no, look closer. Look closer at my hand. It's just so disgusting. Yeah, we're going to need you to roll something to do this. I want to. This is a tricking kind of thing. Deception. Yeah, roll deception. Uh, we'll call this average. I don't think Wario is smart. Are we still doing the thing where we were supposed to have a blue die for all social interactions? Hmm. Yes, but that only works with the town. With the town. But yeah, we are doing that thing, you, which means John, it should have gotten a blue die in those leadership checks. You want to go back and replay that? Oh, uh, yeah. If we could just very quickly completely replay those scenes. <laughs> <laughs> that is a single success for you, James. Yeah, with a single success, Wario goes, what? And as you hold out your hand, he gets closer to you. And I think you kind of pull it back to lead him towards the cell. And then I wheel, wheel back and punch him in the mouth. <laughs> Boom. Clocks That's in. just a melee attack on Wario. I mean, I don't even think you need to roll unless you want okay. to. Uh, no, thank you. Yeah. Well, Get, rolling would be like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, even though Liz forced us to know the ludicrous fact that Gable can only bench press 200 pounds, which doesn't yes. seem like enough. No. Uh, <laughs> I, I think because, because quote, their their traps have atrophy. Atrophy. <laughs> atrophy. Atrophy from what? Trap. The traps are this, right? Traps. No, those are your triceps. Where the, the traps are here? Yeah. Yeah, the traps are where the scars are. Oh, oh. See? Okay. I'm not that stupid. I'm kind of stupid. Not that stupid. You're right. I shouldn't confuse you for the character Gable. Oh, uh, but Liz is pretty stupid, too. Mm. So, Wario's dead. <laughs> Wario. Why? Yeah. Wario has been thoroughly bounced across the stage and out of the arena. <laughs> Explodes. D. So we are done with him, and you are now in an unguarded room. Yeah. Does he have, like, apparent keys or anything like that? I'm going to say yes, but they are on the floor because you have knocked this man thoroughly out. Okay. And not, like, reachable or anything? I don't think they're easily reachable, but I also don't think it's worth a roll. I just want to cut to five minutes in the future where Gable has put together some kind of contraption to help them reach the keys. So what does that look like? Pulling out a bunch of fancy gold filigree from the wall and wrapping it around like a wire and tying it like a lasso, just kind of like, with a fish hook at the end. Yes. You eventually manage to hook the keys and reel them in. I open the jail cell. So you are on the second deck from the top of this ship which I think is the Baja deck, as canonically all Skyjack ships use cruise ship lingo. Okay. Can I still feel where Minnie is at this moment? I think yes, because you can still feel the lingering murderous intent. Oh, Minnie. Uh, heading that way. 
So to get to that part of the ship, you're going to have to move through another room, and you know what sits between you is essentially the barracks of the ship. Okay. Is there another way to do this? Um, hmm. I guess I'll try, like, stealth. That's probably going to be super, super hard, right? It's definitely going to be challenging. Oh, wait, no, it's during the day, so, like, people aren't necessarily there. They might be out and about in the city. That is a really good point. And actually, on top of all of that, one of the things that you know is that nobody on this ship is taking their duty seriously. So while you know there are people in the other room, it might not be that hard to get by them. Okay. What is the difficulty on that stealth check? That's average. Two. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Okay, that is a single advantage. All right, because this is a wash and not a direct failure, instead of thrusting you into trouble, what I'm going to say is Gable is about to go through that door. And Gable is so tall that they actually need to duck a little bit to go through the thresholds on this ship. This is smaller than the Uhuru and definitely doesn't have an interior design for Gable. And even though they might be a little bit of a thembo, they realize that they're not really going to be able to sneak through this ship. Yeah. Even if they're squatting and ducking down, they're going to be pretty obvious moving through these hallways and especially past these thresholds. So instead of going through the door, Gable looks around the room and sees the unconscious body of Wario and notices that the people on this ship wear robes as uniforms. (laughs) Mm. All right. It's time to strip Wario, everybody. (laughs) Tumblr Classic is back, baby. Uh, Yeah. Cut to five minutes later. Wario is in the brig in his underpants. His heart covered boxers and gable is putting on a coat that is yeah their hearts and each one has a little jagged twirly mustache on it (laughs) gable is putting on the robe which is still like way too short but just enough exactly gable is so large that if anyone sees them in this robe they're almost immediately going to identify that you are not a member of the church of the slain god because they know everyone on that boat so it will buy you precious seconds perhaps absolutely also gable's frame is just so much bigger than this robe and what it was built for Uh so it's clinging into those muscles and it feels like at any minute you could flex wrong and just bust right out of it Let's cut over to Travis and Margaret as they are coincidentally running into Jonnet. Great. I think Jonnet's probably on a trajectory to the ship. Also, looking around from that on his way to the ship, does it seem like the town, like Nordia proper, was really affected much by that storm that rolled through? You can see that looking around, the storm didn't roll through. It's actually still a going concern. Rain is still falling, and it is a heavy rain. Thankfully, most of Nordia, as you know it, is Upper Nordia, which is actually built up on this hill, which means all the terrain is elevated. So where the town square is and where most people are celebrating the festival, it's actually not being affected too bad by flooding. The drainage systems are kind of taxed to their limit. There are gushes of water moving down stairs and through different gutters that are channeled around the city. But apart from that, it's not like people's foundations are getting overwhelmed or water is getting into homes. 
For the most part, people are still trying to continue their celebrations, but they're definitely avoiding the outside. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so I think that does hit on my question of just like the vibe from the general public is like, this is a little inconvenient, but we're we're trying to have a good time and we're still trying to, no one's shutting down Bogginalia. Yeah, this is a spring rainstorm. It's a particularly bad spring rainstorm with a lot of water, but it's not like a hurricane or anything. So there aren't heavy winds kind of battering people. It's mostly just a lot of rainfall, which is causing a lot of problems in lower Nordia, but not upper Nordia. So celebrations are still ongoing. Yeah, well then, Jonnet's heading back to the ship and maybe just runs into Travis. And I think as Jonnet sees them uh, from far away... We just see like a very wide shot of just very, it's very rainy, just a drenched sort of healed but exhausted Jonnet. And he just gives like a very weak wave like, hey guys. Oh, Margaret smiles. Well, hello. Hey, Margaret. Hey. Uh, he kind of tries to catch up. Like, guys. Stay away from Lower Nordia. It's it's totally messed up. These guys have churches in the in the caves. It's it's totally insane. Not insane, but it's ill advised. <laughs> <laughs> what are, you look like you've had a day. Yeah, I I they were just a. I don't. I'll explain it on the ship. I just I met I met a girl and I saved some Go old on. folks and. I don't know. I'm just... What are you guys doing? Well, Travis is about to undergo a very important magical procedure, so we're gathering some ingredients right now. Oh. Uh, is this about, uh... And he points to his, to his, uh, to Travis's arm. About, yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, need a hand? Er, well... (laughs) Oh, (laughs) he does, yes. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Uh, from a distance uh, just a man goes oh <laughs> no I didn't mean it <laughs> hey oh no the Mario Bros <laughs> uh, okay are you guys heading back to the ship well we were looking for um, you and, and Gable actually oh well here I am what do you need me for am I part of a am I a component Margaret turns to Travis with an excited and quizzical look is he a component huh <laughs> How many how many promises did uh, I need? You've got one out of three promises so far. You needed three of everything, and you've already resolved all of your heartbreaks. And the one promise that you've decided on so far is to Gable. And that is a major promise. So because that one's so big, oh you can afford to make smaller promises to other people. I mean, I think I, think I could promise something to Jonnet. I don't know what that third one's going to be, though. That's going to be like, I promise I'm going to pay you for this sandwich. <laughs> and then you got you to gotta find a guy with a sandwich. And I'm like, where can you find that? <laughs> That's true. Difficult. I should have thought of that before I made the promise. <laughs> yeah, I forgot to mention there's a big sign in front of Nordia that says, Welcome to Nordia, no sandwiches allowed. <laughs> yeah, actually, there's kind of a Footloose-esque subplot <laughs> where they don't let sandwiches in this tiny town. Ah, a Look, Footloose made- subplot. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Uh, a foot long a foot foot long long. we'll we'll get it we'll get it (laughs) no i'm not what if it's just called foot long (laughs) 
Yeah, I think the probably yeah. Long. That's also long. <laughs> that's also the name of the the porn parody of Footloose too. <laughs> <laughs> we cut to an empty. What was it? A barn? It was like a warehouse. It was a warehouse. Yeah. So we cut to this warehouse where we find <laughs> Slam and one of the Nordian locals that he's managed to befriend, <laughs> and they are just going to town on either side of a big party sub, like a six foot long <laughs> sub. They just they just need to go and eat their angry subs. Yeah, they're really eating it with gusto, like running around to different parts of the warehouse, doing different poses. Just chowing down. (laughs) Anyway, promises. (laughs) Hmm. There are promises and also loves. You could become an adoptive father. No. Oh, God, no. Oh, no. Me? No. Him? (laughs) Just an option, though I would have advised against it. I certainly wouldn't trust me to be a father. Anyway, anyway you need me, Travis, uh, I'm, I'm here. Well, I, um, as part of the procedure, I need to make promises. And uh, I would like to make a promise to you. Oh, so formal. Stand to face one another. Oh, okay. Okay, like... Can we... It's still raining out. (laughs) Oh, yes, of course. You'd probably prefer not to do this in the middle of the road. I thought this was kind of like cool and moody. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's No, but if you... I mean, if you want to go inside... No, 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 no. No, 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 that's right. Travis is messy and lives for drama. (laughs) And I mean, we're kind of all wet anyway, so you know, you can, once you're wet, that's it. It's like we're getting more wet. <laughs> you know, Matico, your theory of wetness sort of reflects your theory of emotional health. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless, this will only take a moment. Stand to face one another and extend your hands as though you were going to shake. Form them into fists, leaving only your pinkies extended. I just said make a pinky promise. No. Yeah, yeah. Now, Mr. Matigo, offer your promise. <sighs> Jonet, I promise that I will never let anyone harm you. Hmm. I can't. That's that's crazy. Yeah, that's just like there's. I was going to say you're both pirates. That's going to be a bit of a tough needle to thread. And I literally How almost I... drowned. An hour and a half. Okay, ago. but I didn't make the promise yet. <laughs> I'm just so saying, that one like, is okay. Life is tumultuous. <laughs> <clears throat> how how can I promise to like? Pr- what's a good way to promise to protect him that I could keep? Like okay. always do whatever's in your power. Yeah, something along those lines is great. Okay, Jonet, I promise that I will do whatever is in my power to keep you safe. As long as we both live. What if... Margaret holds up a finger to you, Jonnet, to stop you from speaking. This is his burden to bear, and he must determine the weight of it. He has offered this promise to you, and it is quite a powerful one. You've hedged your bets well, Mr. Matigo. Margaret arranges your pinkies so that they are facing each other. Close, but not touching. She then moves her hands around the two of you, as though drawing an invisible string around your arms. She finishes her arranging, holding two invisible strands on either side of your pinkies, and then pulls them taut. Whatever force she was weaving draws your pinkies together to interlock with one another, and you can feel the energy of the spell coursing through your arms. 
The power gathers and you can feel this connection between you become more solid, as though a thread has been tied lightly around your pinkies. And with that, the spell is cast. One, dope. Two, does that have any kind of like implications with regards to Jonnet's ability to perceive the future? Ooh. Hmm. How do you mean? I don't know. I just in the standpoint of like Jonnet can like call on the divine light to show him a future version of himself. I just in that moment, I played a scene out where it's like we zoomed out to the cosmos version where it's like Jonnet and Travis are doing this, but then also like older Jonnet is like having a face to face moment with some spectral version of Travis. Or if there isn't one there, does that mean that Travis isn't going to be there by the time John? And, I don't know. I'm just this is all spoiler body, I think. But I think to get the answer to that question, you would need two things. First is though that you can see the divine lines of fate that guide the possibilities of the universe. What you can see is different from what Margaret can see. When Margaret casts that spell that acts as a third eye, she can see the connections between people. There's a potential that you could learn something like that and use that combined with the power that you already have Mm. to investigate your future in that way. But I don't think you know it right now, and it would be a very difficult thing to look into. However, this is a spell, and right now it is actively being cast. So I think your perception is going to work a little bit better right now. Because this doesn't look all that much different than the curses that were laid on you in the past. When the bandit queen cursed you so that you wouldn't be able to do anything dishonorable, and the mariner's mark, they both manifested themselves as strings. And seeing this spell right now, you're able to see that there is a red string bound between your pinkies. Okay. And so, yeah, Jonnet hears that, and he kind of takes in his hand, his finger, his pinky, a little bit, and he's like, okay, Travis, I'll hold you to it. I don't think you have a choice but to hold me to it. All right, well, prepare to be accountable, because if you're, if you're ever not there, man... I'll, I'm gonna show you this. What is? What are the consequences if I break a promise? Yeah. Ooh, spicy. Oh, I'd advise against doing that. Well, I mean, specifically, the consequences could be very severe. Your hand could fall off. Oh. You made a magic promise. <laughs> <laughs> it's magic, baby. She puts on some, some gl- sunglasses and gets on a motorcycle, <laughs> then speeds away. Finger guns, finger guns. Would you pluck at your stitches if they were holding your wound shut? If you did, you would bleed and die. Unless the the wound is healed and then they literally have to pull at the stitches to get them out. Mr. Matigo, if I were your doctor, I would be advising you not to pick at my stitches, lest you open your wound or infect it. The consequences for doing that could be quite severe and end in your death. Instead, I am your Black Lily, who is helping you perform a very powerful and very sacred ritual. And I am telling you not to break these promises. Do not ignore my advice. Because it's like the doctor thing, but with your soul. <laughs> I like saucy Margaret. I'll just, I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> I think Margaret finally got to the point with Travis that the rest of us have been at. She's like... <laughs> 
It's like, you little bitch, you stop it. I mean, yes, that is definitely an element to it. But Margaret is also really good at social navigating, and she's seen the way that Travis shows his affection and receives affection. She's merely treating him in the way that would make him feel most comfortable, which happens to be treating him like the little bitch he is. <laughs> little baby bitch boy. Scotty Jackson. God damn it. God damn this. God damn this idea to hell. Oh, I fucking... God damn it. Okay. All right. Hold on. How could someone do this to me? <laughs> we'll, we'll be fine. I mean, we'll be fine. If we do this, we'll be fine. Uh, all right. We return once again to the Skyship Uhuru and a long line of colorful characters uh, that is awaiting their chance to apply to be aboard the ship under the notorious Captain Oromar Vale. One person uh, dressed in dark clothing uh, and with a face painted white uh, with different black markings on it uh, mm. comes off the line mm. as he walks towards uh, the table we can see we can hear that there's a slight honking that accompanies every step mm -hmm. he makes uh, his hair is wild and dark and sticking out of his head there are two big horns and his skin uh, what little is visible is a bit ashen gray but uh, he places uh, down his headshot and resume, which are covered in a sticky substance uh, that appears to be a lot like dried soda. Hmm. Um, what's uh, what? What is? Hi. What are? What's going on? Okay. Howdy, y'all. I think I know the deal here, but I'll let you start. Yeah, that's uh, me, Gamzy Marcara. Uh, I'm a teen clown. So, uh, okay. Yeah. That's what's going on with me. Teen clown. Okay. Well, uh, you're in luck. You know, sometimes I've, uh, described being here on the Uhuru as being part of a sort of dark carnival. I feel like we are very well aligned already to start out with. So great. Uh, great. Glad to hear that. Glad to hear that. I, w I do want to point out though, uh, I will not be the only person applying for this position in my application slot. Okay. I am part of a duo. Is Wonderful. Sort of a. I was oh, going to ask go if, ahead. if the other part of the duo is here. I. Oh, no. I'm so glad you asked. Uh, he pulls out a, a briefcase and pops it open. And inside there is a horrifying device it looks like it's uh, made to be roughly human shape with raggedy arms uh, that's dressed in a pirate costume uh, it has sickly white skin and large red terrible lips uh, this here is little cap okay this is this is different than oh, what man. I thought 
But if you told me that if you told me Jeff Dunham was at the gathering of the Juggalos one year, I would believe you. Well, Lil Cap doesn't talk. Sure. Uh, okay. But uh, he's he's what I consider kind of a silent partner. Sure. Now I got uh, questions about the we benefits boardership. That okay. I would love to be able to ask. Yeah. Oh, uh, sure. I mean, if you would like to uh, yeah, start uh, us so, off. Um, sure. So Cap, yeah. uh, Cap does not talk, but Cap is also seeking. Cap slowly rotates his oh. face towards you. Okay. Mm. John, it takes three steps back. It blinks slowly. He takes a fourth step back. Oh, gosh. Do you have a name for your duo? Like maybe something like Crazy Jester Club or something. I mean, uh, we're... Yeah, we're, I consider us to be part of a family. Yeah. Okay, great, great. I would I would just say that. I just need to know if I'm on the right track I here because there's a lot thing, going here's on. The thing, Close I suspect n- you are half on the right track, <laughs> but there is some deeper strangeness here that you can't begin to appreciate, and there are like six people absolutely losing their whole shit right now. Well, I'm happy so, for that. Yeah, because... <laughs> But you get it, and the part of About it that you, half get, of the th- you get. Gotcha, yeah, yeah. Most of the things were tracking, and then a couple of the things were not. Let's just start the interview. If you've got questions, I'd love to answer them. Sure, question one. We've got these two pieces of metal. They keep sticking together. We how? can't figure What's it out. Up? How How do that's, they work? What is it? What is this? That's a fucking miracle. <laughs> Great. Well, that's kind of the only question that I had, personally, from my reference level. But I, I guess I knew a little bit what was going on. Travis, further follow-ups? Sure. Yeah. I well, believe it or not, I've got a ton. Um, let's see. And this doesn't. This isn't really. This is more of a personality mm-hmm. question. Mm-hmm. Um, we do like to ask everyone. You folks maybe just have not heard this question before. But if you had to choose um, uh, one of these two films, we have films. Yep. That's canon. Sure. I don't know how. I don't know how it works. Let's not think too hard about it. Would you prefer to watch, say, Big Money Hustlers or Big Money Rustlers? Absolutely, Rustlers. Like, that's not even a question. Okay, interesting. Interesting. I'm a Big Money Hustlers fan myself. Well, you know, uh, uh, the carnival sort of accepts all uh, different kinds. Uh, sure, it's a family. I know. Yeah, we'll meet on the drug bridge as friends. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you know, I really I feel like we're just we're just kindred spirits. Uh a lot of people kin yeah, me. Sorry? Again, that's for the half of this that you don't fucking get and that people are again <laughs> okay. absolutely losing their goddamn shit about. For sure. Well one thousand hey, fucking percent. The thing that I gotta say to you and I gotta say to them is MMFWCO, you know? Mm-hmm. 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 Homestuck two. Boom, we're out. We're done. (laughs) (laughs) Campaign Skyjacks is a one-shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter at at CampaignPod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. You can find more great gaming shows over at OneShotPodcast.com. Jonnet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Tyler A. Dave. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at LizAnderson underscore underscore underscore, or on her podcast, Paired. Travis Matigo was played by Johnny O'Mara, who can be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs, or on his podcast, Dilettante Ball. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. 
You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG or on my other podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this production was composed and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find Arnie on Twitter at A-R-N-E-P-A-R-R-O-T-T. And you can find more of his work at ATPTunes.com. This episode was edited by Casey Tony, who can be found on Twitter at Casey Pony, spelled C-A-S-E-Y-P-O-N-E-Y, or on his own podcast, Neoscum. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter at Fiona Pup. The world of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and the card game Illimat, property of Together Studios. The game used in this production is a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system that was created by a talented group of game designers who were fired by a private equity firm owning Fantasy Flight Games. There are no kings. Take flight, heroes. Strangers who've ever been kind, and once for our friends ne'er to rise. Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind, who know we can never deny the call of the sky. That was. Oh boy. What? Was what happened? Homestuck has a character that is a juggalo. Okay, I don't oh. know anything about Homestuck. I know a lot about juggalos. Homestuck is like, again, I want to say two shades away from being juggalo stuff. Mm-hmm. So, oh, at all times. okay, Homestuck again. I then yeah, this we, came up a, like a little while at, ago. At this yeah. point, we, we have like a pretty big Homestuck wow. contingent of our audience. That's incredible.